Well, U.S. Treasury yields have rocketed higher following the FOMC meeting yesterday. I'll ask whether this is actually the reaction that Jerome Powell was hoping for. And good old-fashioned geopolitics very much to the fore. It's not just China versus the U.S. It's also the U.S. versus Russia, which has got the oil markets very spooked this morning. Plus, yesterday, New Zealand GDP bad, Aussie job numbers good. In fact, way better than expected. So what will the retail numbers show today? It's Friday, the 19th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is back up today after losing ground after the FOMC meeting uh, yesterday. It's up a third of 1% today. The Aussie has lost a quarter percent. The euro down half a percent, even more for the Canadian dollar. The Nasdaq, which turned from losses to growth after the Fed, is now back down and losing quite a bit, down 2% this morning. The S&P 500 also down half a percent, while the Dow has gained but a tiny bit. Stocks are up in Europe, though. The DAX gained one and a quarter percent. So quite a different side uh, story on both sides of the Atlantic when it comes to equities. And more bond action. 10-year Treasury is up nine basis points, over 1.73% now, which I think is the highest since the pandemic started. And oil this morning, more than 7% down. In fact, heading to uh, 8% down for both Brent and WTI. Uh, we'll have more on that soon. It's it's David DeGaris with me today. Again, Direct Economics for Markets uh, now. Morning. Uh, you are in Melbourne, of course. Uh, we've um, we saw this uh, swift reaction yesterday, didn't we, to the approach by the Fed when they said that the uh, the recovery was going to be faster, but that didn't mean they were going to do anything faster. They were going to keep doing things at the same old pace. Uh, uh, immediately, we saw the dollar down, equities up, and uh, and now we've seen bond yields marching even higher. I mean, the dollar is back up as well. Yields are much higher today. The Nasdaq is back in retreat. So is this the response, particularly in relation to bond yields? Is this the response that Jerome Powell would have liked to have seen, do you think? It, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that we've seen, we saw a pretty quick response in particularly in equity markets and, of course, in the currency markets. And yet, as you said, Phil, bond yields hardly moved. It's not like they crashed. Mm. Uh, in the sweet knowledge that the, the Fed is going to be there, you know, with unchanged rates for the next two to three years, uh, at least until 2024, which is the, the median dot plot. So you could interpret that in hindsight as saying, well, you know, this is just going to add more fuel to the growth story, you know, keeping rates lower for longer. So, you know, equities like that, but it also means that, you um, mm inflationary expectations get anchored a little bit more and that um, in time the Fed will be brought to uh, to increase rates. So that's one interpretation. Maybe you could say that that's carried on into the, the overnight session. You said, that, you know, the 10s up to 173, the 30s up to nearly 2.5%. So 10s are well and truly in that range that we've had over the past decade or so of one and a half to three percent yeah so, but equities um, are down though which doesn't make much yeah, sense yeah yeah well I, I think you know the equities and and uh, bond yields do have that uh, inverse relationship don't they mm. so in, until we get to the point where earnings revisions and so forth uh, outweigh you know the yield considerations on stocks but just on the day we've seen a pretty 
sizable move, haven't we, in the uh, in the S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq? Yeah, um, yeah, bigger moves, of course, in oil, and all of that relates to uh, tensions between the US and Russia. Russians weren't very happy when Joe Biden called Vladimir Putin a killer, which saw them uh, recalling their ambassador to the US. Now uh, the US is threatening further sanctions against Russia, and so Russia uh, and they're complaining about the Navalny poisoning and election meddling, and so Russia now uh, is saying, well, they might respond by flooding the markets with oil to put the uh, the shale industry oil industry under pressure from lower prices well i think actually think joe biden <laughs> might actually quite like that he doesn't like shale oil very much <laughs> and certainly lower oil prices i mean that, that would remove quite a lot of this uh, the, the, these concerns about inflation wouldn't it? it absolutely so that was one of the things that um central bankers were talking about you know in the past you know this week mm. about the fact that you know and the rising oil price would add to inflation in the months ahead so <laughs> only seems well it was yesterday almost that that brent was pushing likely to push up through 70 dollars a barrel here is at 63 dollars a barrel so mm. i mean i know we, we're talking about one day's price action but nevertheless it's um it's quite a material move. It certainly is. And look, uh, we have uh, ongoing uh, tensions between the US and China, of course. Anyone who thought that things would improve uh, once uh, they change presidents in the United States, uh, well, perhaps they're going to have to wait and see on that because uh, it's not looking as though much is going to move. It's expected to be a fairly icy affair today when officials on both sides meet. Actually, literally icy because they're meeting in Anchorage in Alaska. Uh, but not much expected there. The US and Chinese have both said they're not expecting much. This is just an initial discussion. So in the meantime, tariffs remain where they are. Look, let's have a look at the Bank of England. They followed the same script as the Fed, really, didn't they? Uh, More bullish on the recovery than they had been. A rapid fire recovery is how Andy Haldane described it, but no change in the policy. And just like the Fed, they're going to let the economy run hot before they look at any rise in interest rates. So same script, different bank. Well, I think... But a lot of Brits would love it if the if the economy ran hot for a while, <laughs> Phil. So, <laughs> having just had the news, what three weeks ago about the roadmap and uh, reopening, so they're not the non-essential shops are not even open yet. But yep. um, certainly, I think you know the governor there is is more positive on the near-term outlook for the uh, for the economy. In fact, you know some of the indicators suggesting that what we saw there at uh, their January GDP numbers suggesting that, you know, lockdowns producing uh, less negative impacts, you know, progressively. But nevertheless, uh, a bit more positive about that. Um, But a similar sort of story um, on the the inflation outlook, um, you know, warning about base effects, the oil factor, which now needs a little bit more modification again, and that, you know, they won't be doing anything on rates until they see substantial progress against their inflation objective. So, yeah. And all those savings as well, of course, injecting the economy. And the OECD today uh, suggested actually that the UK is going to be a beneficiary of the US stimulus as well. They say it's going to boost the UK GDP by 0.6% compared right, to the right. 3.8% it's going to give to the United States and 1.2% boost to Canada. So that's nice. The US are paying for it. We're all winning from it. Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, that was something that Powell said as well, you know, the spillover effects onto the uh, the rest of the world. Mm. Now, uh, one bit of bad news from the US, curiously, although I guess it's it's just a factor of lockdowns and uh, and, uh, rising infection rates and the like, but US jobless numbers uh, for the week of 13th of March were up from a revised 725,000 the week before up to Mm. 770,000. We thought they were sliding down and that was just going to be the 
continual path. It was. Um, it was. It was. It was. It was a surprise that one fell. So you know, Mark was expecting a number closer to seven hundred thousand. Mm. So a lot higher. I think the market in a forward-looking move in a day when um, the president is talking about easing travel restrictions. What from um, was it mid May? He was mentioning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the Philly Fed index for March. <laughs> Uh, skyrocketing from 23.1 to 51.8. Yes. Not the strongest for uh, for decades since the, since the early 70s. And the prices, compa- prices paid component, the strongest for four decades. So added a little bit of balance to that jobless claims, uh, jobless claims news. And, of course, the vaccine rollout is proceeding in the US still quite nicely. So, mm. you know, they're up to, what, over a quarter of the population right now. Um, Certainly, that's where they're ahead of the the Europeans on that front. Well, so um, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what the reaction is from the, with you know with the European rollout after the uh, European Me- uh, Medicines Agency came out with that statement saying that the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine was safe and effective, but said couldn't completely rule out you know the risk of um, blood clots and and, yeah. uh, and and so forth. So, so the benefits you know. uh, the benefits of not dying outweigh the benefits of some people. The disadvantage of some people getting blood clots is basically <laughs> you, what they're you saying. You could put it that way. Uh, but, the, I mean, but the damage to consumer confidence has already been done, haven't they? So I mean, it's it's. I mean, they're trying to pick up uh, and run with it now. But I suspect uh, you know it, they're going to pay a price for it. But look, uh, that is. I guess that is good news from from Europe. And the uh, uh, there's still lockdowns happening, of course, in Europe. They've still got in rising infection rates in part of the continent yes uh, so it's not all looking that great there no, well well the, Fr- the french president's just announced uh, what a lockdown from for paris for uh, for four weeks yeah. so yeah. um you know and um you know, i just mentioned the, the the hesitancy about the vaccines that you you have survey published um around the turn of the year suggests that you know france is the most hesitant about taking vaccines amongst the uh, 28 countries that were polled in that survey. Yeah. And the UK up near the top. Crazy stuff, isn't it? Now, look, uh, New Zealand GDP yesterday, a 1% fall, Q on Q. The expectation was that it would rise. So it's certainly not a V-shape. Mm. So uh, what's been pulling down growth over there? It, 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 it had a lot of analysts puzzled uh, in New Zealand, Phil. So I know that, uh, you know, my colleagues over there were thinking it uh, yeah, and when they wrote their preview about GDP, they said, well, it could be a number of, you know, anywhere between minus one and plus one percent. But probably, if you, you know, the, the forecast there, of, you know, from our colleagues was plus 0.4 and it came out at minus one. Now, you could um, say, well, sometimes these things, you know, you just get oddball numbers. Um, construction was down significantly in the quarter. Uh, part of that was in the engineering construction area, which can be quite lumpy. So it's a more matter of you know timing of um, projects and so forth. But nevertheless, it was a rather uh, a strange one. Um, you know, New Zealand coming out of uh, lockdown. Uh, Auckland seems to be over its issues. Um, practically no infections. So you'd expect the New Zealand economy to perform pretty well this year. But on the day, it did sort of anchor mm. short-term rates a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and a completely an interesting op- one. Yeah, completely opposite st- story in Australia where we got those jobs numbers yesterday. Staggering oh, yes. falls yes. in unemployment from 6.4% to 589,000 people, more people employed, uh, more full-time jobs as well. Good news, good news, yes. and good news all rolled in together. It- 
it, it, it was that. It we've we feel you know you and I've been talking about this as a, as a broken record about the Australian labour market, and that one was a a blockbuster on top mm. of the other positive indications that we've seen. So what employment three times the expectation, uh, as you said, the unemployment rate down a half a full half a percent. Um, the unemployment rate in February, you know, is about a year. This is about where the Reserve Bank expected it to be this time next year. Yeah. So, um, I mean, even the Reserve Bank's forecasts and um, for the end of this year, you know, the, the unemployment rate is below that level. It was 6% at the end of this year and at 5.8. Even underemployment uh, did rise in the month, but even that's back to um, – back to pre-pandemic levels, as is employment and hours work. So hard to pick fault with uh, the message from that particular survey. Yeah, but it does create a problem, doesn't it? I mean, maybe a discussion for another day about uh, what does the RBA do? I mean, they if, they if everyone else is saying, well, if the economy runs hot, we'll let it run hot for a while. What happens if well, Australia think, really you know, is running if the, hot? If the, if, should the economy continue to perform and the Reserve Bank have to come to the market with rate cuts earlier, and that that remains to be seen. You know, this is this is a long game here. That I don't think that's a problem that the Reserve Bank would shirk from, and it's it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, isn't but if it? we get growth kicking back in and we get inflation coming because we've got low un, low unemployment, yes, but remember the, the the Reserve Bank wants to be convinced that inflation mm. is sustainable in the two to three percent band, and that you get to full employment. They're not going to be doing it preemptively. Yep. They're only going to be doing it re- retroactively. Like Everyone else. Yeah, yeah, fair. yeah. All right. Retail sales yeah. today for Australia. And I mean, that could be equally as good. We'll see. We also uh, we get the preliminary numbers for February and another central bank today. The Bank of Japan later on. Also CPI for Japan. Consumer confidence numbers uh, for the UK and retail sales for Canada. Yes. Uh, we, I, I could ask you what you think of those, but we've talked for too long. So, uh, no, you know, shut up. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, Dave. Will do, Phil. Good to talk. Cheers. I don't think uh, it's a bit disrespectful. That was not anything anyone's ever told, Dave. David DeGarris to shut up. Uh, That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby, back again on Monday morning. Have yourself a great weekend. See you then.